beautiful degenerates. We are back again. It's a beautiful snowy Thursday in the middle of Iowa. What else can you expect? November 14, 2019, episode 6 of the Home Dog Sports Gambling Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Brandon Hurley with Herald Publishing. And boy, we are on a big one. We hit it huge last week. Finally back on the bandwagon. Rolling along after back-to-back weeks where we went 2-7. and seven. We just smacked around the bets last week and went a beautiful 4-1. and one. I picked up some other bets around the league too. Overall, outside of the Home Dogs podcast, I went... Eight and two with a seven leg teaser hitting on Monday. So that was a great weekend. It was fantabulous. Today's episode's going to be a little shorter because I want to get us to our interview real quickly. It's a big, awesome interview that I think you guys will enjoy. I have on co founder of DraftKings, Matt Kalish. That'll be a spicy one once we get rolling. But first, I want to get to some of my picks. I sit at, after last week's huge run, we now sit at 20 and 14 overall, making you significant money if you're riding with us. Keep going. There's plenty of room on this bandwagon. If you jumped off a couple weeks ago, you know, I'll welcome you back on. That's the beauty of gambling. You can go up and down, up and down, but right now we are riding it hot. And I've got some spicy, tasty, delicious picks for you this week. Let's get it rolling. Let's go right into it. So pick number one, I like this one a lot. I'm banging it hard. Indiana plus 14 and a half at Penn State. Yes, Penn State lost last week to Minnesota. Knocking them from the unbeatens. Knocking them from the top five. So you would naturally think they'll be pretty pissed off. Lighten it up at home. It's a tough place to play in Happy Valley. But Indiana is no snoozer. And I think this is where it sneaks up on Penn State. I don't see Indiana winning or anything like that. But I don't see any problem with them keeping it within two touchdowns. I mean, 14 and a half, that's a huge spread. Indiana's got some decent skill. They're 7-2. and two. Uh, They're coming up firing. They're happy that they're in the rankings for the first time in a long time. I don't even remember those numbers where they're at. But it's just, I like this game. It, tune in, check it out. But Indiana's got you covered at 14.5. And, and then the second game, oh boy. This one's for all the bacon. Floyd of Rosedale. Minnesota, undefeated, top 10, going into Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City against the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes are favored by minus three. And you know what? I'm not too confident about it, but I think think the Hawkeyes pull it out. I think either they, they push, it's a push at minus three, or they win by... They win by four or five. I think the Hawks finally pull out a big game. 
this year. They've lost, all three of their losses are to top 15 opponents, top 15, top 20 opponents, by less than seven points each. This is finally a game where they get it. They need that one win, and it's, Kinnick Stadium's gonna be fired up, it's gonna be a good day, it's gonna end up being a night game. It starts at three o'clock. This football team, their defense is great. And I think the offense finally realizes that they need to get a win for this historic defense. I read a stat somewhere earlier this year, this week. Uh, it's I can't, they're right around averaging 13, 12 points allowed per game on defense. The lowest average has been in the Kirk Ferentz era, and Kirk has been coaching for over 20 years here. And if you go eight and four with that defense, it's a disaster almost. So you gotta, you have to reward that defense at some point, and I think the offense finally does. It'll be a great. The temperature's gonna be around 40 degrees. Iowa hasn't been to Kinnick in a while, a long time. It's been three or four weeks since they've been in the Kinnick. So I think, I think Iowa's a good, a decent bet in this one. Take them at minus three, and see where it goes. And on that point, that leads me into Iowa State and Texas. Texas is at Iowa State. Iowa State's seven-point favorites. And while I think Brock Purdy is fantastic and can keep the Cyclones in any game and win them any game, I don't see Iowa State covering. I think there's a little bit of a hangover from that dramatic comeback against Oklahoma. They were this close to pulling up a huge amazing comeback and a gigantic upset with that missed two-point conversion and yes Brock Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in America I mean he scored six touchdowns last year he scored last week he scored six touchdowns twice this year in a game so he's got the chops to do it that defense needs to tighten up a little bit Texas is coming off a dramatic win against Kansas State last second field goal won the game for them Texas is getting a little healthier they're still not as good as everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the year but I think they keep this one within 7 points but they don't win Iowa State wins, gets back on track and puts themselves in bowl eligibility so now so that's that's who I got I, was, I got Texas covering plus 7 so now we'll transition to the NFL, and I really, really like this one. Texans plus four at Ravens. The Ravens are just rolling along, and everybody's on board with the Ravens, just slamming the crap out of this one. As a whole, I think this game is going to be fantastic. You have two exceptional quarterbacks going at it. Houston's Deshaun Watson, Watson up against Baltimore's Lamar Jackson, who just continues to tear through the NFL. But the Ravens' run needs to come to an end at some point. I, I, they're a good team, but I, I don't think they're great. They're not a Super Bowl contender, and I think Houston's getting no love in this game. They're still a pretty decent team. They will get 
they may even get a W here. I'm locking this one in. I'm locking the Texans in to cover four points against the Ravens. Lock it in. B-Hurl, spicy mustard, hot dog, lock of the week. Texans plus four. Book it. Thank me later. And then my fifth pick of the week. This is a little one out of left field. But this is really high spread. It's Denver Broncos plus 10.5 at the Vikings. The Broncos are 5 and 1 against the spread over their last six games. Uh, I can't remember what this stat was. It's something like 16 and 7, 17 and 7 in the last 23 games. After a buy against the spread after a bye week, so that shows that the Broncos come prepared. Ten and a half is a pretty giant spread for for a, an average Broncos team. It's not like they're the Dolphins or the Redskins. And the home dog, the home, the road over the road underdogs. I read a stat again. They keep killing it. They're fifty-seven and thirty-seven and two this year against the spread overall. I think I read somewhere that road teams in general against the spread are something like 80 and 50 or something like that. I You may not want to quote me on that one. I got it from covers, and I can't remember where it's at. But, yeah, road teams have been huge this year in the NFL. And it's not – I'm not saying the Broncos are going to win. They don't have the offense this stick with the Vikings but their defense is a little better than it has been in the past they're not terrible but they're not great the Vikings I think will have a bit a little bit of a hangover after getting that huge win over the Cowboys I mean Grant let's think about it it's the Vikings they're not they're not the Patriots they're not the Packers sorry to say very Vikings fan but there's they they have some Poor performances throughout the year. Usually when it happens, it comes after a big win. So I see this as a little bit of a letdown hangover game for the Vikings. And everybody is slamming the Vikings. So fade the public. Take the 10.5 for the Broncos. And it's it's money in the bank. So there you have it. I got five picks for you. We're trying to do this smoke show and get it on a roll again. 4 and 1 last week. I'm trying to go 5 and 0 oh this week. It's going to be a great one. I had just we'll run through it again one more time. Indiana plus 14 and a half. Iowa minus 3. Texas plus 7. Texans plus 4. And then the Broncos plus 10 and a half. I like that one a lot. I like all these picks a lot. And here's a little bonus pick that I usually like to do. You you guys know me. You know I love the NBA. If you listen along, I've been feeding you NBA picks all long, year long. There's one little thing I'd like to shoot your way. And it got me thinking. It's another MVP pick. And I think this is a lot of value right here. LeBron James plus 800 to win the MVP. You may be saying, what? LeBron James? 
he's old. He's washed up. No, he's not. He's been crushing it. He already has three triple-doubles this year. The Lakers are on a freaking roll. They're 9-2. and two. LeBron looks fresh. He looks like his usual self. He's getting to the lane. He's getting to the rack. He's playing defense this year. He may not get a lot of the MVP votes because people are probably having LeBron James fatigue. But I like him as the dark horse to win the MVP now just through these first 11-12 games of the season. You know, I said I liked... Who did I like at the beginning of the year? You know, I liked... uh, Carlton Towns at he's still plus 3300 that's a great value that's exceptional value so if you want him but look at look at LeBron James if you want a little more assurance he's been crushing it jump on it now before it raises higher he's gonna stay healthy last year was a fluke he's never been injured in his career besides last year and if he gets AD to play the full season I can see this being an exceptional year for him so lock that one in. LeBron James MVP odds plus 800. So yeah, those were my picks this week. Thank you very much for listening in and joining those. I know I'll win you money this week. I am confident. Don't worry about it. You can just enter in your numbers, send the cash your way to the bookie, and just sit back and enjoy some football over the weekend. So now we turn our attention to our guest this week. It's Drafts King's co-founder, Matt Kalish. He was just absolutely generous to join me for about 20 minutes earlier this week. We talked about his experience in fantasy football and fantasy baseball. He actually got into fantasy baseball because he was a long-distance runner, cross-country, whatever. And a lot of his teammates were just talking about fantasy baseball, and he got involved in it. He talks about how gambling on his career and just digging into the DraftKings, just taking a chance and how that process went. He talks about getting DraftKings and sportsbooks into Iowa. And you know what? Surprise, surprise. This is a crazy twist. His family is actually from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I'll leave it up to you till the end of the podcast to find out who he likes as between Iowa and Iowa State. It's a fun conversation. And I think you guys will like it. So here he is, Matt Kalish with DraftKings. Thanks again, Matt, for joining us. Uh, I kind of just wanted to start with some of your background. I know I read a story about you, how you like to kind of have skin in the game when you're kind of away from the job. So I like to ask this question to some people. When was kind of the first time that you caught yourself kind of just making making a bet or gambling? Like, how old were you, and do you remember kind of that first occasion? Um, I got into fantasy sports when I was in a little bit in high school, much more in college. I was a distance runner at uh, Columbia, and the team, you know, we used to run like 70 or 80 miles a week, and the biggest thing we used to talk about was fantasy baseball. I wasn't even really into baseball too, too much at the time, and... But that's a lot of miles to be running every week, and so you can cover a lot of ground. So I started to learn just a ton about different, you know, players, and everyone was talking about their fantasy baseball team. So I got into fantasy baseball pretty heavily when I was in college, played a bunch of leagues, 
it was little stuff, you know, playing for $20 for the whole season um, with my friends. And um, so fantasy, I would say, kind of got a new pretty early on in my, you know, what, 17, 18. And then uh, also, like, later on in college, I always was appealed to by anything that was kind of a uh, game that wasn't easily mastered, that was complex. Like, um, I played a decent amount of, like, chess. I played poker for a bit and, you know, spent a lot of time trying to learn all of these different games. And it to me, it was just kind of like mental exercise and challenging myself to, you know, learn a new game and uh, get better at it and compete. I love the competition of it. And, you know, it's something that from that point forward has been a pretty big part of my life. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So obviously fantasy Fantasy sports appeals to a lot of different people, but then, then you got into daily fantasy. So, what kind of wanted made you wanted to make that switch into daily fantasy and then kind of explore that at Red Avenue? The thing about daily fantasy that I thought was very appealing the the concept of it is the being able to draft every day. You know, the frequency of being able to jump in and start fresh. I think a lot of people playing season long say that the draft is their favorite part of playing. In fact, like a lot of people just quit after a few weeks and never really check up on their team too much or they get off to a slow start and by week four or five, they don't feel like they have any chance. And so, you know, by the end of the season in a lot of fantasy leagues, there's only a few people really deeply engaging with it anymore. What's great about the daily fantasy product is you start fresh every day. If you had a day that wasn't so great yesterday, you can come back on today and you could win. Uh, it's, you know, there's not as much baggage as far as participating, you know, on someone else's terms. You can take a week off or two weeks off, come back in when you have the free time and, and jump right back in like you never left. And so to me, it was creating that draft experience every day, the frequency of being able to play, being able to start fresh. Uh, all of those were appeals. And then the other piece is, uh, as the categories grown in popularity, I think you know millions of people are playing daily fantasy sports now. So the prospect of being able to win life-changing amounts of money with a great fantasy lineup for very little investment is to be a really, really interesting angle. Like we have games where people put in three dollars to win a hundred thousand dollars you know very frequently and so uh we have games where people can play for twenty dollars and win a million every single week of nfl and so that prospect as well as a new layer to it it's not uh it's not only the method of engagement but also how mainstream it's become and how big some of the potential prize payouts have become. Yeah, I really like that that original point you made. It's just the aspect of being able to draft a new team because, I mean, I've been through it so many times where your star player gets injured and you're kind of just stuck with him or someone gets benched and you're stuck with that guy too. So I can definitely see why it's so appealing to people because you can, you can essentially just start fresh every week. And I think that's definitely, you hit it on nail on the head, that's a lot, that big way to draw people in. Yeah, but a lot of people, that's what they love the most about it is, you know, you only, you might play NFL for 10 weeks, and if you have one or two really good weeks, it feels great. Uh, if you do that in season long, your record is two and eight, and you're not having a very fun time. So, you know, being able to have that, those winning moments, the experience, the thrill of 
kind of competing and succeeding in the game, I think we have a lot more to offer on that front. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of on that same front, I know you're one of the co-founders of DraftKings, and I know this answer could probably be very long, but in in a short way, can you kind of summarize how you guys got into Daily Fantasy and how your kind of company started, if you can, in just a, a few quick sentences? Yeah, the the origin was uh, myself and a couple of people I worked with in corporate America named Jason Robbins and Paul Lieberman. Uh, I had met Jason seven years prior to doing DraftKings at Capital One. We were both analysts, uh, business analysts at Capital One, and on the side shared a lot of hobbies in the sort of games that we were just talking about, you know, playing fantasy leagues, poker, other things together. Uh and then a few years later, we met Paul at Vistaprint at our next job. So I knew Paul for about three and a half years before starting DraftKings. And we became very close, and we all shared the ambition to eventually leave corporate America and do a startup. And for a long time, we were tossing around different ideas of how we could do that. Uh, ultimately, in the start of 2011, we landed on the concept for DraftKings. It's a lot different now than what we initially had talked about, I think, as far as where we landed with the product. But the core essence of it was the same. It was having, you know, daily drafts where people can start fresh every day, could be for prizing, um, you know, that kind of thing. So we were all really excited about the idea, and it was very aligned with what, what we thought was exciting as far as a product that we wanted to work on for a decade or decades. So... Uh, we were very eager to get going. We started doing nights and weekends uh, while working at this different, uh, just building up the DraftKings, the, the prototype, uh, going out. We raised a little bit of venture capital, and by February of 2012, we had quit our jobs, and we were working on it full-time with a little bit of money in the bank from a venture capitalist. So the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, it sounds like quite the whirlwind. And I was I was reading a story of you, about you recently, and one of your tidbits that you had is you wish you would have done something like this sooner. You you said maybe the, the risks aren't as great as you thought. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on what you meant exactly by that? Yeah, I guess looking back, I, I always felt like I had a lot to lose by leaving a corporate job because it was, you know, pretty stable. It was, you know, regular income. It was nice to have. And I didn't, you know, when we started drafting, I had, like, almost nothing in the bank. It was, you know, I was very reliant on my job and just to survive. And, you know, the, what I kind of realized was, you know, that is a little bit of a scary thing to look down the barrel of. And at the same time, though, like, there's always going to be, you know, the option to go back and find another job and go back into that life. But taking a shot on a startup and, and having that kind of, like, risk tolerance to maybe have a tough time for six months, 12 months, figure it out and see if it's something you want to invest in long term. I feel like it's something I could have done, you know, five years sooner with very little regrets. And, um, yeah, just the I think a lot of people often feel very entrenched with, you know, the thing they're doing right now, the job they're in, and feel like, you know, the risk of leaving that might be a lot higher than maybe it really is. And so that was kind of where I was going with that. I, like, never regretted for a moment taking the risk on drafting after having done it, but it took years and years to build up that confidence to uh, feel like the risk was worth 
Yeah, and it, it, it definitely ties into the field that you're in. I mean, fantasy sports is a gamble, and so you're you took a gamble with your career, and it, it's definitely paid off. But the question I have, I guess, is you could have chose anything to really dive in and on your own, but and you alluded to it a little bit, but but why fantasy sports? It was a passion. I think it was a combination of being passionate about the product itself and also seeing an opportunity in the in the market where this was a like when we started DraftKings it was a product that didn't really exist in any meaningful way. I think there was a couple of very small operators uh, attempting to do this. One was FanDuel. He's pretty much the only serious uh, large competitor left that uh, is is in the daily fantasy business. And you know, when we started out, there was maybe ten thousand people in the world who had ever played one of these games. It was very very limited in terms of the audience. So the potential of being a part of it early on and believing that you know the fantasy market was massive. It was forty fifty million people playing season long. We just believed if we built a great product experience that was superior or at least complementary to what they had with season long, that we could have a lot of success and you know, kind of ride the wave for a really long time. There was a lot of potential. So really the combination of those two things, the opportunity we felt was great, and then also the product was something that we really loved we really wanted to spend our time on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, you, do you still participate in fantasy sports, or is it too much of a conflict of interest for you? Yeah, we only do, inside the company, we put on some contests for employees so that they can experience the product. Uh, no one's allowed to play any of the public games at all, uh, with DraftKings or with any of the competitors that we, that we, uh, kind of compete against. So it's really limited to just private games against our fellow coworkers. But that's good enough. I mean, I think we've come up with a lot of interesting ways to make sure people keep engaging. And like the last thing we want is a ton of employees who don't even understand the gameplay or the product and they've never clicked around and used it. So really important to us to have a really great kind of uh, employee league and have a lot going on on that yeah part. absolutely and so my my next question i'll kind of transition into to sportsbook since DraftKings sportsbook opened up in jefferson a, a couple months ago what made you guys want to get into the the sportsbook realm it's a it's just another offering that's extremely popular with american consumers and it's very complimentary in a lot of ways to the fantasy sports experience, but it's different. Like the propositions are, they're very simple. You know, the idea of just picking which team is going to win versus deeply understanding all of the statistics for every single athlete, you know, makes it a lot more accessible for new players. And it's just something that we knew from talking to our, our fantasy users that they wanted and that they were honestly already doing. A lot of people were already on, you know, illegal offshore sports betting websites playing that way, or they would have a local bookmaker that they would make bets through. So people were doing it anyway, but the problem was they didn't have any consumer protection. So a lot of the operators that are like the illegal offshore bookmakers will have a lot of issues. Like they don't always pay out. They don't pay out quickly when they do. It might take months. Um, there's a lot of really suspicious looking like credit card charges. It'll look like people bought $400 worth of golf balls or something on their credit card statement when it's really a deposit for a sports book. Yeah. So the experience is just very shady with the illegal offshore mm -hmm. books. And 
and it's not consumer friendly and there's no regulatory body that really protects consumers while they're playing. So our way of looking at it was if the U.S. market opens up and there's a, a regulatory framework, like a licensing process with regulatory bodies looking after it, uh, we want to enter it the right way. And we want to pay taxes to the states that we're generating revenue from and all of these benefits that will come from it that, you know, don't really show up with the illegal options that were being used. So we just thought we could serve the customer better by operating in that way. Uh, and you know, when the opportunity came up midway through last year, we were really fast to market. We were actually the first operator in New Jersey with a digital offering uh, by about a month because we were just waiting for that moment when we could finally launch our you know, sports betting platform and, and get some initial experience with it. So now at this point, we're in multiple states. Uh, I think more and more states are looking to take up sports betting bills. So the idea of scaling out nationwide is more and more realistic by the day. We're just waiting for each state to take up the bill like Iowa has and uh, give us that opportunity to apply for licensing. Yeah, just one final question here. Uh, why did you guys decide to connect in Iowa, and how do you feel it's been going so far? Iowa's great. Half my family's from Cedar Rapids, oh, awesome. so I'm very familiar with you know, Iowa. I've been there a lot. And uh, great market. I think it's a great college sports market, especially. And perfect for sports betting and for fantasy as well. You know, we have great, great offerings across college football, college basketball. Uh, and so the biggest thing that stood out to me is, you know, all of my family out in Iowa, they follow the Hawkeyes. They're, you know, college fans first and foremost. Maybe they dabble with, you know, some of the other local teams like Packers and stuff, but uh, semi-local, I guess. But uh, I think it's a really just unique sports fan environment, and it's perfect for us. The passion is very high. Uh, the desire to participate and get skin in the game is very high, and I think the product we brought to Iowa is very accessible as well. Like, we have games that start at $0.10 cents to play, so it's not like it requires some big investment. Um, we have a lot of different sort of beginner games and other things that will make sure that, you know, new players from Iowa are competing on a, you know, as level of a playing field as possible while they're learning uh, the new product that we just brought to market. And similarly with sports betting, you know, we're live uh, with our partner in three different retail locations. And, uh, you know, we expect to be launching a mobile sports book in Iowa soon. So the idea of kind of continuing to build out our offering in Iowa and serve the customer better is, you know, that's a big focus for us. So, so quickly, I have to ask, since you're familiar with Iowa, if you had to choose Iowa or Iowa State for, for fandom. Oh, okay. oh, perfect. I'm a big Iowa fan myself, so it works out perfect. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> not even a question i would get killed by my entire family. perfect awesome <laughs> well yeah that's all i had for you matt i appreciate this uh thanks a lot for for joining me today it was great to talk to you yeah thanks a lot for the interest and it was nice talking It's been a minute since we've had a 
Home Dogs Podcast. I think it's been a couple months, maybe, but we are here and we are ready to hit it hard. We've got one hell of a football weekend coming up, the NFL Divisional Round and the National College Football Championship on Monday. Let's get it hidden. I am loving it. We are still going hard. As of this moment, on Thursday, January 10th, 2020, we are 37 and 28 and 1 with our picks. So if you've been following along, we have won you quite a bit of money. If you if you want to get technical, that's probably if you put down $100 on each bet, you've won $900. I'd say that's pretty good. You could buy your whole family Christmas gifts with that. I hope you bought your Christmas gifts with your gambling money. I know I did. So before we get into the delicious weekend of football, it's a delicious, tasty, wonderful winter weekend. We're going to get snowed in, but hey, what better way to spend it with some playoff, meaningful football. But before we get into that, I want to let you in on my pet peeve of the day. And I... I picked a perfect time to discuss this and rant about this. It's these stupid national whatever days. There's a day for everything. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I don't get why people... Who even makes these things up? I looked it up today. Today is, get this, January 10th is National Houseplant Appreciation Day. What the hell is that? National Houseplant Appreciation Day? You gotta be freaking kidding me. Do we need motivation for every single day to have some National Cheese Day, National Hot Dog Day, National Christmas Tree Day, National Buy Yourself a Cake Day? What are we gonna have next? A National Eat Your Freaking Toenails Day? I mean, come on, people. There doesn't need to be something for every day. Why can't it be a Tuesday? Why can't it today be Friday, January 10th, 2020th, 20? Why can't it just be that? Why does it have to be some hidden agenda behind it? National Buy My Girlfriend a Dog Day or National Say Hi to Your Best Friend Day. Why can't we just do stuff by thinking of, of it on our own? Why do we need someone else to tell us what to do? I know I may be in the minority, but... Come on, we need to think for ourselves. It's 2020, 2020, we've hit the 20s. Think for yourselves, people. There doesn't need to be this little, oh, hey, look, it's National Cheesecake Day, which that wouldn't be that bad if it's National Cheesecake Day. I mean, I could go for some cheesecake if we're getting real, but come on, National Grilled Cheese Day, National Pizza Day. I mean, pizza's pretty freaking good, so I'd be down with that. But come on, people, let's... Slow down on these national whatever days. When did this become a thing? All of a sudden, like two, three years ago, it was just like, bam, national uh, lounge chair day. National tuck yourself in the bed day. What is this crap? What are we going to have? National go ride your bike down the street day? I mean, come on, people. Let's get better in 2020 and cut this crap out. With that being said, 
I'm going to get slamming with these picks. Today's going to be a shorter podcast. We don't have a lot of people come. We don't have any guests today. I hope you guys got had a good Christmas, had a fun New Year's. We whew, we got into 2020. Speaking of 2020, we got into it real quick. Uh, yeah, I bought myself a big-ass TV for the football games, for the bowl games. 4K, just bombing it every day. It's great. It's fantastic. So if you want to watch some football, just give me a ring and come over here. I'll bring the beer. I'll supply the beer. You bring the food, and we'll call it good. So, as I stated earlier, we are into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and I don't really know what to think about this slate. I mean, there's a couple, there's a few games that are really fantastic, and then there's a few that are meh. I don't think it'll, there's, it won't even come close to what, how magnificent it was last weekend for Wild Card Weekend. Oh, whoo. oh baby, that was a one hell of a weekend. And speaking of it being one hell of a weekend, two, I'm so thankful for iPhones and streaming it's just the best because I wouldn't have been able to see half of that Bills Texans game if I didn't have my phone on me because I was at a brewery with no TVs for three hours I was like are you kidding me there's no TV so I was like oh hey what I got YouTube TV on my phone boom pulled it up watched this on Deshaun Jackson break two tackles at the end and win in an overtime. That was a bonkers game. Then I was also able to watch, which I was at another bar later that night. They didn't have the Titans game on anyway. They had TVs, but the game was not on the Titans Patriots. It's the NFL. It's America's sport. And you run a beer bar and you have multiple TVs and you don't have a single one on the Titans game. I've been panning for this for years. Every bar, restaurant, whatever, needs to have a guy or a girl that is designated to monitor their TVs and what games they are on. There should always be a live game on if there is one playing. If there's a live game out there, those TVs that need to be on it. The TV should never... We should never have these things where you walk into a bar and the TV was on channel NBC... For the Sunday night game and you go in and after that game is on, there's freaking Days of Our Lives rerun on. No, you, sh- you should have it flipped over to a game immediately once that game's on. And you should have someone that knows when the big games are happening and where, what channel. A lot of people go to bars to and restaurants to watch football. We I shouldn't have to be the guy that walks into a, a, a restaurant with... 15 TVs, and I shouldn't have to say, hey, can you throw three of these TVs on the Iowa game? I'm in Iowa. Come on. Let's get it together, people. Let's get it. Let's be better. 2020. Hashtag be better. Okay, anyway, I got sidetracked a little bit. The first divisional game that we are running into this weekend is Pat... Vikings at Niners tomorrow afternoon. The spread on this one is 49ers minus 7. 
And I'm sorry. I know I know the Vikings had a big, huge, gigantic win in the playoffs in the first round last week. But the 49ers are at a whole different level. They're favored by minus seven, as I said before. And I'm going to take them to cover easily. Maybe not easily, but I see them winning by nine, ten points. Maybe 12, 13. I just think the 49ers are a better team. They have a really good defense. They can run the ball a lot better than the Saints could. So they can their their offense would be a lot more balanced than what the Saints offense was. They have the best tight end in the game, George Kittle. Shout out Iowa. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's doing pretty dang good. Yeah, as I said, their offense is their run offense is dominant. I just don't think the Vikings have the firepower to stay with the 49ers. And you know what? The the Vikings, it looks like, are kind of banged up a little bit, too. I know Thielen was, said he's going to play son, tomorrow. Uh, I know Diggs was injured a little bit coming into the playoffs. I know Dalvin Cook was injured earlier in the year. I mean, and how how much can you rely on Kirk Cousins? I just don't see it. I don't see Cousins pulling it off back-to-back weeks. So that's where I'm going with pick number one. I'm going 49ers to cover seven points. Game number two, this one might not. This one might be ugly. The Ravens hosting the Titans tomorrow night at 7.15. (coughs) Excuse me. The Ravens are favored by nine and a half points. And I think they cover this one easy. As we found out, the Patriots were way overrated this year. The Titans have a good defense, but they don't have a good enough defense to slow Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, (coughs) who have won 12 games in a row, which is remarkable in today's NFL to win 12 games in a row. I mean, that's got to be one of the quietest 12 win game winning streaks that I've seen in years. I mean, honestly, who's talking about the Ravens 12 game winning streak and going in the playoffs 14 2? I mean, we know they're good, but there's not, I mean, there's a lot of hush hush stuff going on. Lamar Jackson's having a hell of a year. So this is, these are two teams that like to run the ball a lot. Derrick Henry, the NFL's rushing leader for the Titans, who's a beast. And Lamar Jackson, obviously, for the Ravens and Mark Ingram. <coughs> Both powerful runners, spectacular runners. But you know what gets it over the top here is that quarterback position. Lamar Jackson, far and away, is a much better quarterback than Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, I know Tannehill's had a bounce-back year in his transition over to the Titans. He's only throwing six picks in 12 games, which is far and away better than anything that he's ever done in his career. But the, just, the, the Titans don't have enough, like, similar to the Vikings, they don't have enough firepower to stick with the Ravens. The Ravens are unbelievable. And they're playing at home. And that Baltimore just gets real raucous in the playoffs. It'll be a night game. So everything just stacked in the Ravens' favor. I see them winning by 12 points. You can lock that one in. 
that's probably my lock of the week right there is Ravens covering B Hurls spicy mustard hot dog lock of the week. Ravens covering nine and a half. Then that leaves us with the two Sunday games. And the first one is this one. This one has me a little on the fence. This one is Chiefs are hosting the Texans at 2 p.m. on Sunday. The Chiefs are favored by nine and a half, similar to the Ravens. This one, on the other hand, I think compared to the Titans and Ravens, I think the Texans cover this one. Barely. I think they cover it maybe right at nine. I think that's honestly where it's at. I I could see them staying within two touchdowns, but not within a touchdown. The Texans, Deshaun, as Deshaun Watson showed last week, is absolutely incredible. But on the other hand, as we saw last year and this year, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes, is spectacular as well. And he has kind of been flying under the radar this year because of Lamar Jackson's incredible season. So I'm sure he's ready. To just, he's just chomping at the bit. Ready to go. So I think for the for the most part of this game, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. It's going to be fun for at least the first half. And then the Chiefs kind of pull away at, at the end of the second half. So, yeah, I think the the Texans keep it close for a while, but the Chiefs just pull it out. So that's right there. Chiefs, uh, Texans cover 9.5 as underdogs. I like that one. And the final game of the weekend for the NFL is Seahawks at Packers in Green Bay. Sunday night at 5.40 p.m. up in the frozen tundra. I put a bet on the Packers a couple weeks ago. They were 10 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. I still like I like their path to the Super Bowl right now. Their defense is a lot better than it has been in the past. The Seahawks they, they struggled to put up points and defeat an Eagles team last week that was had to turn to Josh McCown. 40-year-old quarterback making his playoff debut. And they only beat him by 8 points. of 17-9. I mean, come on, Seahawks. Where are you at? I mean, Russell Wilson was great, but holy crap. They couldn't get much doing on that. So, the Packers are favored by 4.5. I wrote in my column, I had them at 4. On Tuesday, I would I feel much more confident at 4. At them covering... Winning by five, yeah, four and a half, I mean, is still fine. So, it just makes it, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. It's It has me considering the Seahawks, but I'm still going to stick with the Packers to cover four and a half. Honestly, I think the Packers win by seven. Um, it's just... Russell Wilson's never won a game at Lambeau. He's 0-3 in his career. He's thrown six interceptions in those three games. His passer rating is a 60. He just doesn't seem to play well in Green Bay. As a whole, the Seahawks haven't won in Green Bay since 1999. 
it's going to be cold. It might be snowy. It just plays a lot in Aaron Rodgers' favor. And also, the Seahawks have Marshawn Lynch as their running back. They have no other options. Marshawn Lynch took like a year and a half off. And he's old. So, yeah, that just doesn't bode well for them. And then on the other hand, on the other side of the ball, Aaron Jones, he's a heck of a running back. He's a receiver running back. Just those those types of running back that the Packers just absolutely love. So I think he's, I th- honestly, I think Aaron Jones is the difference because Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are both exceptional quarterbacks. So they're pretty much a wash. And so I think, and the defenses are both strong, but I think where the, the separation is Aaron Jones at running back. So mark that one down as Packers covering four and a half. So we'll run through my NFL picks again real quick. I took Niners covering seven. That's minus seven. Uh, Ravens minus nine and a half. Texans plus nine and a half. And Packers minus four and a half. So I'm going favorite heavy this week with the NFL. Which is a perfect lead-in to what I think is going to be an absolutely exceptional college championship on Monday night. Clemson versus LSU. Number one LSU. Defending defending champion Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, who's never lost a game as a collegian. Going up against reigning Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow for LSU. It's going to be one hell of an NFL uh, one hell of a quarterback matchup. LSU's favored by six last I checked. Let me jump on that and see where it's at right now. I mean, that was... Whew, I jumped all over that yesterday. Let's see where it's at. It's back down to minus five and a half for LSU. So I got it at six yesterday. I, still, I, I think Clemson covers this. I mean, Clemson is... Always, because of their schedule, is always undervalued in the playoffs coming around because the ACC is really weak. But Clemson showed that their defense is once again lights out, held Ohio State to 23 points, one of the best teams in the nation, high scoring teams in the nation, Justin Field, J.K. Dobbins, held them to 23 points. That's a damn good performance. Damn good. And Wow, I don't think they shut down LSU. I think LSU still gets about 30 points. I think Clemson can stay within 5.5 points. I think they can stay within 5. I don't think they win. But I just think with the Clemson talent that they keep pumping out on defense with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Trevor wants to become a back-to-back national champion, ripping off 26 straight wins. I mean, that... 28 straight wins would it be? Yeah, 28 straight wins. I mean, who's done that to start their career? Not I don't I don't know. Has anybody? I'm not going to take the time to look it up. But who started their career with 28 straight wins and two national championships? So he'll be he'll be firing for this. So he wants it. Trevor Lawrence does. I just think it's going to be an exceptional championship game. It'll be a great way to cap off and a fantastic weekend of football. So yeah, Clemson covers five and a half. Yeah, and those are my picks this week. Uh, here we go. It's five games. I'm hoping for a 
Circle, I'm hoping for a four and one week. I can I can I can go with the three and two week. Just let's hope that we get a winning record again. So thanks a lot for joining me, guys. It was fun. I hope you enjoy this weekend. Go dogs! Peace. Hey, everybody, we are back. It's been a minute since we've had a Home Dogs podcast. I think it's been a couple months, maybe, but we are here and we are ready to hit it hard. We've got one hell of a football weekend coming up, the NFL Divisional Round and the National College Football Championship on Monday. Let's get it hidden. I am loving it. We are still going hard. As of this moment, on Thursday, January 10th, 2020, we are 37 and 28 and 1 with our picks. So if you've been following along, we have won you quite a bit of money. If you if you want to get technical, that's probably if you put down $100 on each bet, you've won $900. I'd say that's pretty good. You could buy your whole family Christmas gifts with that. I hope you bought your Christmas gifts with your gambling money. I know I did. So before we get into the delicious weekend of football, it's a delicious, tasty, wonderful winter weekend. We're going to get snowed in, but hey, what better way to spend it with some playoff, meaningful, meaningful football. But before we get into that, I want to let you in on my pet peeve of the day. And I... I picked a perfect time to discuss this and rant about this. It's these stupid national whatever days. There's a day for everything. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I don't get why people... Who even makes these things up? I looked it up today. Today is, get this, January 10th is National Houseplant Appreciation Day. What the hell is that? National Houseplant Appreciation Day? You gotta be freaking kidding me. Do we need motivation for every single day to have some National Cheese Day, National Hot Dog Day, National Christmas Tree Day, National Buy Yourself a Cake Day? What are we gonna have next? A National Eat Your Freaking Toenails Day? I mean, come on, people. There doesn't need to be something for every day. Why can't it be a Tuesday? Why can't it today be Friday, January 10th, 2020? Why can't it just be that? Why does it have to be some hidden agenda behind it? National Buy My Girlfriend a Dog Day or National Say Hi to Your Best Friend Day. Why can't we just do stuff by thinking of, of it on our own? Why do we need someone else to tell us what to do? I know I may be in the minority, but... Come on, we need to think for ourselves. It's 2020, 2020, we've hit the 20s. Think for yourselves, people. There doesn't need to be this little, oh, hey, look, it's National Cheesecake Day, which that wouldn't be that bad if it's National Cheesecake Day. I mean, I could go for some cheesecake cake if we're getting real, 
But come on, National Grilled Cheese Day, National Pizza Day. I mean, pizza's pretty freaking good, so I'd be down with that. But come on, people, let's slow down on these national whatever days. When did this become a thing? All of a sudden, like two, three years ago, it was just like, bam, National uh, Lounge Chair Day, National Tuck Yourself in the Bed Day. What is this crap? What are we going to have? National Go Ride Your Bike Down the Street Day? I mean, come on, people. Let's get better in 2020 and cut this crap out. With that being said, I'm going to get slamming with these picks. Today's going to be a shorter podcast. We don't have a lot of people coming. We don't have any guests today. I hope you guys got had a good Christmas, had a fun New Year's. We whew, we got into 2020. Speaking of 2020, we got into it real quick. Uh, yeah, I bought myself a big ass TV for the football games, for the bowl games, 4K, just bombing it every day. It's great. It's fantastic. So if you want to watch some football, just give me a ring and come over here. I'll bring the beer. I'll supply the beer. You bring the food and we'll call it good. So as I stated earlier. We are into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And I don't really know what to think about this slate. I mean, there's a couple, there's a few games that are really fantastic. And then there's a few that are meh. I don't think it'll, there's, it won't even come close to how magnificent it was last weekend for wildcard weekend. Oh, oh baby, that was a one hell of a weekend. And Speaking of it being one hell of a weekend, two, I'm so thankful for iPhones and streaming. It's just the best. Because I wouldn't have been able to see half of that Bills-Texans game if I didn't have my phone on me. Because I was at a brewery with no TVs for three hours. I was like, are you kidding me? There's no TV. So I was like, oh, hey, what? I got YouTube TV on my phone. Boom, pulled it up. Watched Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson break two tackles at the end and win in an overtime. That was a bonkers game. Then I was also able to watch, which I was at another bar later that night. They didn't have the Titans game on anyway. They had TVs, but the game was not on the Titans Patriots. It's the NFL. It's America's sport. And you run a beer bar and you have multiple TVs and you don't have a single one on the Titans game? I've been panning for this for years. Every bar, restaurant, whatever, needs to have a guy or a girl that is designated to monitor the TVs and what games they are on. There should always be a live game on if there is one playing. If there's a live game out there, those TVs that need to be on it. The TV should never – we should never have these things where you walk into a bar and the TV was on channel NBC for the Sunday night game and you go in and after that game is on, there's freaking Days of Our Lives rerun on. No, you, sh- you should have it flipped over to a game immediately once that game's on. And you should have someone that knows when the big games are happening and where, what channel a lot of people go to bars to in restaurants to watch football. 
We, I shouldn't have to be the guy that walks into a, a, a restaurant with 15 TVs and I shouldn't have to say, hey, can you throw three of these TVs on the Iowa game? I'm in Iowa. Come on. Let's get together, people. Let's get it. Let's be better. 2020. Hashtag be better. Okay, anyway, I got sidetracked a little bit. The first divisional game that we are running into this weekend is Vikings at Niners tomorrow afternoon. The spread on this one is 49ers minus 7. And I'm sorry. I know... I know the Vikings had a big, huge, gigantic win in the playoffs in the first round last week. But the 49ers are at a whole different level. They're favored by minus seven, as I said before. And I'm going to take them to cover easily. Maybe not easily, but I see them winning by nine, ten points. Maybe 12, 13. I just think the 49ers are a better team. They have a really good defense. They can run the ball a lot better than the Saints could. So they can their their offense would be a lot more balanced than what the Saints offense was. They have the best tight end in the game, George Kittle. Shout out Iowa. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's doing pretty dang good. Yeah, as I said, their offense is their run offense is dominant. I just don't think the Vikings have the firepower to stay with the 49ers. And you know what? The the Vikings, it looks like, are kind of banged up a little bit, too. I know Thielen was, said he's going to play son, tomorrow. Uh, I know Diggs was injured a little bit coming into the playoffs. I know Dalvin Cook was injured earlier in the year. I mean, and how how much can you rely on Kirk Cousins? I just don't see it. I don't see Cousins pulling it off back-to-back weeks. So that's where I'm going with pick number one. I'm going 49ers to cover seven points. Game number two, this one might not. This one might be ugly. The Ravens hosting the Titans tomorrow night at 7.15. (coughs) Excuse me. The Ravens are favored by nine and a half points. And I think they cover this one easy. As we found out, the Patriots were way overrated this year. The Titans have a good defense, but they don't have a good enough defense to slow Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, (coughs) who have won 12 games in a row, which is remarkable in today's NFL to win 12 games in a row. I mean, that's got to be one of the quietest 12-game winning streaks that I've seen in years. I mean, honestly... Who's talking about the Ravens' 12-game winning streak and going in the playoffs 14-2? I mean, we know they're good, but there's not... I mean, there's a lot of hush-hush stuff going on. Lamar Jackson's having a hell of a year. So this is these are two teams that like to run the ball a lot. Derrick Henry, the NFL's rushing leader for the Titans, who's a beast. And Lamar Jackson, obviously, for the Ravens and Mark Ingram. <coughs> Both powerful runners spectacular runners but you know what gets it over the top here is that quarterback position Lamar Jackson far and away is much better quarterback than Tannehill 
Ryan Tannehill. I know Tannehill's had a bounce back year in his transition over to the Titans. He's only thrown six picks in 12 games, which is far away better than anything that he's ever done in his career. But the, just, the, the Titans don't have enough, like, similar to the Vikings, they don't have enough firepower to stick with the Ravens. The Ravens are unbelievable. And they're playing at home. And at Baltimore just gets real raucous in the playoffs. It'll be a night game. So everything just stacked in the Ravens' favor. I see them winning by 12 points. You can lock that one in. That's probably my lock of the week right there, is Ravens covering B-Hurls, spicy mustard, hot dog, lock of the week. Ravens covering nine and a half. Then that leaves us with the two Sunday games. And the first one is, this one, this one has me a little on the fence. This one is, Chiefs are hosting the Texans at 2 p.m. on Sunday. The Chiefs are favored by 9.5, similar to the Ravens. This one, on the other hand, I think, compared to the Titans and Ravens, I think the Texans cover this one. Barely. I think they cover it maybe right at 9. I think that's honestly where it's at. I I could see them staying within two touchdowns, but not within a touchdown. The Texans, Deshaun, as Deshaun Watson showed last week, is absolutely incredible. But on the other hand, as we saw last year and this year, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes, is spectacular as well. And he has kind of been flying under the radar this year because of Lamar Jackson's incredible season. So I'm sure he's ready. To just, he's just chomping at the bit, ready to go. So I think... For the for the most part of this game, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. It's going to be fun for at least the first half, and then the Chiefs kind of pull away at, at the end of the second half. So, yeah, I, I think the the Texans keep it close for a while, but the Chiefs just pull it out. So that's right there, Chiefs uh, Texans cover nine and a half as underdogs. I like that one, and. The final game of the weekend for the NFL is Seahawks at Packers in Green Bay Sunday night at 5.40 p.m. up in the frozen tundra. I put a bet on the Packers a couple weeks ago. They were 10-1 to odds to win the Super Bowl. I still like, I like their path to the Super Bowl right now. Their defense is a lot better than it has been in the past. The Seahawks, they, they struggled to put up points and defeat an Eagles team last week that was had to turn to Josh McCown, a 40-year-old 40 40 year quarterback making his playoff debut. And they only beat him by 8 points. It was 17-9. I mean, come on, Seahawks. Where are you at? I mean, Russell Wilson was great, but holy crap. They couldn't get much doing on that. So... Packers are favored by four and a half. I wrote in my calm. I had them at four on Tuesday. I would. I feel much more confident at four at them covering, winning by five. Yeah, four and a half. I mean, is still fine. So it just makes it 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. It's It has me considering the Seahawks, but I'm still going to stick with the Packers to cover four and a half. Honestly, I think the Packers win by seven. Um, it's just Russell Wilson's never won a game at Lambeau. He's 0-3 in his career. He's thrown six interceptions in those three games. His passer rating is a 60. He just doesn't seem to play well in... Green Bay, as a whole, the Seahawks haven't won in Green Bay since 1999. It's going to be cold. It might be snowy. It just plays a lot in Aaron Rodgers' favor. And also, the Seahawks have Marshawn Lynch as their running back. They have no other options. Marshawn Lynch took like a year and a half off. And he's old. So, yeah, that just doesn't... Bode well for them. And then on the other hand, on the other side of the ball, Aaron Jones, he's a heck of a running back. He's a receiver running back. Just those those types of running back that the Packers just absolutely love. So I think he's, I th- honestly, I think Aaron Jones is the difference because Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are both exceptional quarterbacks. So they're pretty much a wash. And so I think, and the defenses are both strong, but I think where the, the separation is, Aaron Jones at running back. So mark that one down as Packers covering four and a half. So we'll run through my NFL picks again real quick. I took Niners covering seven. That's minus seven. Uh, Ravens minus nine and a half. Texans plus nine and a half. And Packers minus four and a half. So I'm going favorite heavy this week with the NFL, which is a perfect lead-in to what I think is going to be an absolutely exceptional college championship on Monday night. Clemson versus LSU, number one LSU, defending defending champion Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, who's never lost a game as a collegian. Going up against reigning Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow for LSU, it's going to be one hell of an NFL, uh, one hell of a quarterback matchup. LSU's favored by six. Last I checked, let me jump on that and see where it's at right now. I mean, that was whew, I jumped all over that yesterday. Let's see where it's at. It's back down to minus five and a half for LSU. So I got it at six yesterday. I still I I think Clemson covers this. I mean Clemson is always because of their schedule is always undervalued in the playoffs coming around because the ACC is really weak. But Clemson showed that their defense is once again lights out. Held Ohio State to twenty three points. One of the best teams in the nation, high scoring teams in the nation. Justin Field, J.K. Dobbins held them. 223 points. That's a damn good performance. Damn good. And while I don't think they shut down LSU, I think LSU still gets about 30 points. I think Clemson can stay within five and a half points. I think they can stay within five. I don't th- think they win, but I just think with the Clemson talent that they keep pumping out on defense with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Trevor wants to become a Back-to-back national champion, ripping off 30, 26 straight wins. I mean, that 
28 straight wins would it be? Yeah, 28 straight wins. I mean, who's done that to start their career? Not I don't I don't know has anybody. I'm not going to take the time to look it up, but who started their career with 28 straight wins and two national championships? So he'll be he'll be firing for this. So he wants it, Trevor Lawrence does. I just think it's going to be an exceptional championship game. It'll be a great way to cap off and a fantastic weekend of football. So yeah, Clemson covers five and a half. Yeah, and those are my picks this week. Uh, here we go. It's five games. I'm hoping for a. Certainly, I'm hoping for a four and one week. I can, I can, I can go with the three and two week. Just let's hope that we get a winning record again. So thanks a lot for joining me, guys. It was fun. I hope you enjoy this weekend. Go dogs! Peace.